Thank you so much for being with us on Mother's Day. Uh, we might have some visitors in the house. If I haven't met you, my name's James. I'm the pastor here. Uh, glad that you guys are here. Special shout out to my wife, Cody, on Mother's Day. She's an awesome, awesome mom. And, uh, and also to my mom and my grandmother, uh, I'm going to be sending this recording to them because I'm going to brag on them a little bit today. And so mom and mom, as you're listening to this, I love you. I'm thankful for you. Let's give it up for all the moms in the house today. Come on now. <laughs> thankful, thankful for you guys. We've been in a series called Path, and I think it's very appropriate that we are in that series on Mother's Day because moms have a way of helping us find our path. The verse that we've been looking at a lot through this series is in Psalms chapter 23, verse 1 through 3. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. It's a pretty, pretty famous verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. I love that about God. I love that he is a shepherd. I love that he cares to, no matter what's going on in life, no matter how crazy it is, I love that God makes a way for us to find a place of peace and rest in him. Amen? He does that for us, but he also guides us along the right paths for his name's sake. Uh, Mother's Day is cool because on Mother's Day, the stats will show that on Mother's Day, more men go to church on Mother's Day than any other Sunday during the year. <laughs> Not voluntarily, but a lot of times there will be more men at church on Sunday for Mother's Day than any other uh, time of the year. And, and, and I like that. Uh, I love that, that we get to honor the moms. As I was looking through the Bible what are some, some good verses for moms? I found a couple that I think really just speak to why it's important that we honor them. Uh, first of all, in Isaiah 66, it says this, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Man, that's, just, that's God speaking to us, but it's saying, look, in the same way that you understand what it is to be comforted by a mom, man, that's, that's the way that I want you to know that I'm here to comfort you. And then in Leviticus, which typically is a long, pretty harsh book with a lot of laws and stuff in it, it says, every one of you shall revere his mother. And that's where you say, yes, sir. Because I, I, anytime God is given that strong of a commandment, I think it's important that we understand the reasons why. Now on Mother's Day, most of us, a lot of us, this is a great day of celebration because we've got great moms, we've got new moms, we've got like the most kids mom, we got, you know, the longest moms, all of that. But, uh, but we also realize that for others, this can be a very difficult day. For the, I wish I was a mom. Or for the, I lost my mom. Uh, for those that say that, they're not doing a great job as a mom. Or, or they are looking at their mom and saying, I wish my mom was a better mom. It's not always easy. Uh, we also realize that we've got blended families in here. We have uh, stepmoms, and that's certainly not easy. And maybe you're in the middle of that storm. You're like, man, I, I hope at one point or another they want to celebrate me, but right now they don't want to celebrate me a whole lot. We get that. 
I think it's important that you understand that God loves you. And God has uniquely created you with something that man cannot do. You nurture. No matter if you have a kid or not, God has created something inside of you. Whether you feel like you're knocking it out of the park or you're really, or you're foul balling a lot right now. Most moms probably don't feel like they're just, I'm just like the most incredible mom ever. Uh, that's an issue. Dads will feel that way. Dads are like, man, I'm the man. Like, <laughs> Father's Day rolls around. That's why they don't come to church on Father's Day, because I, I don't need to go to church. Like, I'm the man. Like, I don't, you know? I mean, that's really what happens. But mom's like, you feel like you, you're not necessarily always doing a great job. And I want you to be encouraged by the Spirit of God today about who, how he sees you. A lot, most of the time on Mother's Day, it's kind of ironic, honestly. Uh, a lot of times Cody will speak on Mother's Day, which is backwards because it means she's got to work and study and prepare and all this stuff. Like, I just want to honor you by doing my job on Mother's Day. And <laughs> I'm not having her speak. And that's part of the reason. The other reason is she's a lot better and she keeps trying to take my job. And I'm not going to let her get on stage and do that. And, but I, I want to just, I want to talk about some women in my life, the moms in my life, and some of the things that, that they've taught me. I feel like women have a way of helping us as men, every man in this place, women have a way of helping us see things that we don't see. I remember right after I moved to Cabot, it was just like maybe a couple months after I moved here, and I was at a restaurant, and I was gonna be meeting with another local pastor. And, uh, but while I was there, I don't remember, I got something on my hands. So when I got there and I found my table, I just went to the bathroom to wash my hands real quick um, before the pastor's meeting was showed up. And so I went into the bathroom, I was washing my hands, and while I was in there, this lady came walking into the bathroom. And so I like, looked at her like, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay, you know, it happens. And she went back out, and about five seconds later, she came back and she's like, sir, you're in the wrong bathroom. <laughs> And I was like indignant, like, I know what the skirt lady looks like, okay? And I walked to the door, and sure enough, I'm, I walked right into the women's bathroom. So to make matters worse, I go and I sit down with the pastor, and, and I meet with him, and 10 seconds later, that lady comes and sits down at the table right next to where we're meeting looking at me like I'm a creeper. So put it all together. I'm like the new pastor in town that likes hanging out in the women's bathroom. My wife helps me see things that I don't always see. Uh, back a few weeks ago, this happens to me a lot, unfortunately, but I, I was on the phone with her. We were talking about something and I was anxious, and she could tell that I was anxious. And she's like, why are you so anxious? Like, baby, I gotta get off the phone. I, I, can't, I, I can't find my cell. I can't find my cell phone. <laughs> she's like, so sweet. Baby, you're talking to me on your phone right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I knew that. To me, this is what moms do. Moms help us see things 
that we can't see. So I want to talk about some of the, the things that, that the women, the moms in my life have helped me see, that they've, they've taught me. But before I kind of go through this list with you, I realize that all of us can make a list. And I also realize that I could try and find negative things about the women in my life. We could all find negative things. The question that I have for you is, what kind of list are you making? What's the list that you're making in your life? Uh, I think it's important that you, you, you make the decision that when you look at the people in your life, you make the decision that you're going to draw from the good. There, there's, there could be negative things even about the people that I'm getting ready to brag on. Could I find negative things? Sure, if I wanted to live life with that kind of perspective and filter. It says this in Luke 11:34. Your eyes, your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when you are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. How do you see things? Because as you're sitting in here, and then Jesus is not referring to your natural eyes. He's referring to the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your soul, the eyes of your spirit. Like, how do, how do you see things? And this is saying it's like someone is just closing the shutters on their life, and they're in the dark because they're choosing to see things from a negative perspective. And I want you to know that if you're sitting in here and you're having a difficult time right now, there is someone sitting around you right now that sees things in light that sees things from a positive perspective. And I find that more times than not, the people that stay in that place are, are moms. And they have one of the most difficult jobs on the planet. But they stay in that place of seeing light and positive things. These lessons that I've learned from the women in my life, first of all, servant leadership. Servant leadership. My mom is majorly like this. Uh, if my mom were here right now, honestly, I would apologize for, for all the heartache, the late nights, the neglect, the, the lack of support that my brother and sister showed to her throughout all the years. <laughs> Just can't believe them, you know? I have something shocking to share. Uh, I actually wasn't always like an easy kid to lead growing up. I know. Like, I wasn't always super submissive to my mom. And I come across very passive. I get that. But I, I wasn't, you know, I, I could be a little bit rebellious. My mom has plenty of stories that she could tell you. So I think the best thing to do is for me to preemptively just tell them to you. One time my mom sent me to my room. How many of you guys were professional under the bed stuffers growing up? Come on now, that was me. Like, I it was amazing how much stuff I could jam underneath my bed to get it, my room clean, you know? And, and so at one point I'd done that and I got busted. And so my mom sent me in room and said, you're not coming out until your room's clean. And I was like, okay. You know, one point or another, though, if you're not feeding me, you're going to get in trouble, you know? And <laughs> the last time I peed in the corner, you got mad at me. And so at one point or another, you're going to have to let me come out of the room, right? And, but I was a little kid. We are living in this apartment complex and... I was in there and I was just, you know, I just sat on the bed, just like twiddling my thumbs. I was bored. And, and I, I'm a creative person, you know, and, 
And, and, and so I want to create. I want to do something creative. And so I found some scissors, some, some metal scissors, uh, thankfully with plastic handles. And, and like I said, I, I need like an outlet for my creative abilities. And so I found an outlet. And I jammed those scissors into that outlet as far as I could. And these beautiful, beautiful colors of sparks and just this array of just amazing just came out for a few seconds. And then every light in the apartment complex went off. Just shut the whole thing down. Well, now I'm in big trouble because at, at one point or another, I'm going to get caught. And so I've got to get out of there. But I can't go, I can't go out of my door because I know, um, I know that she's, when I come running out of my room with the look of terror on my face, she's going to put it together that it was probably me. And so I, I played it calm. I played it really calm. I opened up my window. I took a brush and I ripped a hole in the screen on my window. And then I just simply just jumped out the back window. I jumped out the back window on, and, and it was a little bit of a drop, um, but thankfully I knew how to roll when I hit the ground. And so, and then I just ran. I don't know where I was running. I just ran. And I ran for a while until I realized I don't know where I'm running. Uh, but then I just, I stayed outside for a little while, just kind of hanging out. But eventually I'm like, I've got to, I've got to go home. It's getting dark. The bigger concern is no one was looking for me. <laughs> Feeling the love. But when I went back to the apartment, I could not reach my window to climb back in. I only had one option, the front door. So I built up, you know, I mustered up the courage and I went in through the front door and my mom was in there and she saw me and I thought, I'm dead. Like, she's going to kill me. She looked at me and she says, oh, hey, James, want some M&Ms? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, I do. To this day, I don't know if she just forgot <laughs> or if supernaturally God helped just erase it from her memory <laughs> because he loves me that much, you know? <sighs> but the truth is my mom is an incredibly gracious person. And she overlooks a lot of stuff. Uh, and it's a characteristic that I appreciate about her is that she's gracious and she serves graciously. She just serves people. In fact, if my mom can't serve you, she's probably not even going to like you because she likes to serve that much. That old saying, people don't know how much or don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, my mom cares. She cares and she has a lot of knowledge, but she's going to let you know that she cares before she starts telling you about everything that she knows. She's probably your friend on Facebook, whether you know it or not. She's just that mom. She's like friends with everybody. She is praying for your niece's lost guinea pig, and you don't even know it right now, just because she cares about everything that's going on around people's lives. Look, she knows the word of God backwards and forwards, but she still lets me pastor her. She has a tremendous amount of life experience, practical knowledge, but she's not going to just go and spout it off. She cares more that you know that she cares, that she wants to serve you. That's just the way she is. Unless you badmouth the spurs. As soon as you start badmouthing the spurs, she's going to preach. 
She's going to preach. And she ain't going to ask you to. She's just going to do it. But she cares. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be served, and give himself as a ransom for many. So many women are Christ-like in the way that they serve, I find. Um, Cody is like this. A couple weeks ago, um, it was a little bit after the kids had gone to bed and we were settling in for the night and, and our youngest, Grayson, comes walking in the room kind of like in one of those half-sleep stupors, you know? But, but Cody could tell that she needed to go to the bathroom. And so she said, Grayson, just go to the bathroom, baby. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. And so Grayson just kind of walked back out and, and a, a couple of minutes later, Cody went to go check on her. And, and so she went into her room and she found Grayson like half asleep on the floor, sitting in her own pee. Just had an accident right there on the floor and she's just there in the middle of it. Well, here's the thing. I didn't hear about this till the next morning because Cody did what she has done hundreds of times. She simply just got her up, got her cleaned up, got her new jammies, cleaned up the pee, and then quietly went back to bed. She probably wouldn't have said anything if I didn't ask. Like, hey, whatever happened last night? You, you were gone for a while, and I was worried, but I, you know, I, <laughs> I was interceding for the nations, and so it just was really having a... Uh, I'm not a very good husband. <laughs> but she's just done that. She's done that. And my mom, my mom, I remember times when she did that for me, you know, the, the, in the middle of the night and you're sick, but you just can't make it to the, the toilet, so you just kind of throw up everywhere and all over yourself. And you Look, I don't clean up throw up. I guess can't. But moms have this ability, like, it's, it's a superpower where they're able to go and, and clean up messes and serve. And they don't make a big deal. Look, when I do that kind of stuff for my kids, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> like, I'm going to be, like, I'm the man. It's going to be on social media. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call up the news like, hey, y'all want a story about a really good dad. Like, y'all wouldn't believe what I had to clean up today. But moms and the women in my life, man, they just, they serve. Jesus serves. He served like that, you know? He served his disciples that way. He served the people around him. Man, this is a characteristic that, that moms, I think, more naturally get. It says in John 13, 5, After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. This is amazing most of us remember this picture of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, but we also have to remember that he also washed Judas's feet, knowing that Judas was going to betray him. I love how Jesus knew that in the process of following him, people would show up with crud attached to them. And he made the decision to serve them anyway. I see moms do this a lot. Their kids have crud attached to them. The people around them have crud attached to them, but they get in there and they serve. They take care of them. 
have noticed as, as we age, we're able to do less physically, but women somehow, they still accomplish just as much even as they get older. You ever notice that? Because they rally people around people's needs. They fix food, they make the phone calls, they send the flowers. And it's not just moms that bring this kind of life, it's, it's really women in general. But I would challenge you to try to outserve a mom because moms get this. Moms teach us to notice when people are hurting. My mom taught me that. Because I can walk really fast through a crowd on a mission. My mom has taught me to slow down, to look at people's needs and to care. To notice when people are missing and they haven't been around for a while. And something my mom taught me. Just to notice. Notice people's hurts. Moms teach us this. And Cody, man, we, if we get in the car, she's going to be counting the kids and making sure that they're there. Me, if I'm in the car and I'm ready to go, you're not in there. You're going to get left at home. <laughs> like, sorry. When I say load up, it means load up. <laughs> I'm getting some amens from the dads today, too. For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Moms can tell the difference between a hurting cry and a fake cry. Men are like, cry? What cry? I don't hear anything. <laughs> Moms serve. They also, the women in my life have taught me to be a fighter. But to fight for the right things. Because anybody can fight for what they want what they like, you know? But moms fight for others. Anybody ever seen a mama bear before? Like in nature, but in your home too? Like anybody ever seen that, that come out? On a whole, Cody is usually the one that is calming me down. That's usually her role. And, and on the whole, she's pretty agreeable. She's non-confrontational unless it comes to her kids. And, and here recently, someone had accused one of our kids of doing something that they did not do. And I saw Cody flip a switch. And I saw the four horsemen of the apocalypse in her eyes. <laughs> and and you, you look at Cody and you think, oh, she's so sweet, but you forget, she grew up in Montana and survived. <laughs> she will cut you like a ninja because she is very protective of the ones that she loves. It's easy to fight for our own agenda, but how often are we willing to fight for someone else's agenda, for what really matters to them? And my mom is like that too. She has a fighting spirit. She has had to overcome so many physical challenges. Oh my gosh, the list of things that she's had to deal with over the course of her life and relationally, too, how she's had to fight. She has courage. Second Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is one, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. One of the most important things my mom fought for in my life 
is for me to know who I am in Jesus. And she did a really good job of always making sure that I understood that the discipline that she gave me in my life was motivated by her longing for me to stay on the path that God had for me. And trust me, there was a lot of discipline. But she always fought for that in my life. She has lived life well for Jesus and fighting for those relationships. I think it's important for us to remember it's not just a mother's legacy that we need to pass down, but it's a biblical legacy that's even more important. My mom has never been worried about her passing down her own legacy. She's always been way more concerned with passing down a biblical legacy to her kids. And you can see this in the way that she fights for things. What's the legacy that you wanna pass down? What are you fighting for around your family that truly lasts, that truly matters? Second Corinthians 6, one says, as we work together with him, when you're called to be a mother, it's not about you or even your children. Really, at the end of the day, it's this, this mysterious place where you become co-workers with God. Where you partner with him. Motherhood is about God, and it's, it's actually about God's work in the world. That's what it ultimately winds up being about. Fight for that. Number three, the women in my life have taught me to love Jesus. Theodore Roosevelt said, a praying mother Praying mothers are America's greatest asset. What impresses me about my mom's faith is not that her faith has always been perfect. It's been more about the direction of her faith. I always knew that her prayers, and along with her, her struggles, were genuine. She had a very sincere relationship with Jesus. A U.S. religious landscape survey found that two-thirds of all women surveyed pray daily while less than half of all men surveyed pray daily. There's no doubt what is holding this world together. There's power in a praying mom. My grandmother, my mom, she's someone that loves Jesus as well. Uh, maybe it's a more mature generation that understands what true love for Jesus is, maybe because they've just been in love with him longer. Uh, maybe because they finally figured out what really matters and how to prioritize that. But, but that, my grandmother, man, she's just an incredible woman of God. She's a bright light. Like, no matter how crazy my family has gotten or all my extended family, and they are cray-cray. No, it doesn't matter how crazy they have gotten. She has been consistent. An incredible work ethic. She, she only retired just a few years ago. She's 82 years old, but she still serves in her church. She still serves in her community because she loves Jesus. One of the things that she does is she'll go, she sings. That's one of her gifts. She loves to sing. And so she'll go into nursing homes to sing. And so a while back, she, I was on the phone with her and she's like, oh, I've been good. I've been going to the old folks' home to sing, I'm like, Mama, are you older than half the people in that place? <laughs> she just laughs, she's like, I know. 
a sharp lady. But as much as she's loved her church and she's loved her family, she loves Jesus way more. And she's shown that. She's kept that. Five minutes with mom, 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 and you're going to know that she loves Jesus. But not because of everything she says. It's just the way she lives. They've also taught me to love like Jesus. Charles Wesley said, I've learned more about God from my mother than all the theologians in England. I can relate to that. And really all the moms in my life have taught this, including my mother-in-law, Tammy. One of the things that, that Pastor Rick teaches us to do is this concept called stick and move. And so you guys are going to be watching for this now, but it's where when we're out in the foyer and different things, what I'll do is I'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll zero in on someone and I'll talk with them a little bit, but then I'll move and I'll go to someone else because there's just a lot of people to talk to. And so I, I try to be very sincere in that moment. I try to really be zoned in, but then I'm, I'm looking for who I'm going to move to next, stick and move. My wife is horrible at this. She made her own. It's called stick and stay. <laughs> and it's basically the first person that finds her, that's who she's going to stay with. But why? Because she, she loves deeply. She cares. She, it's just very important to her that that person knows that she loves him, but more importantly, Jesus loves him. And so she just stays in that place. It drives me crazy. I'm like, can't you love a little more spread out? <laughs> but all of us have our gifts. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. How do you know that someone loves you other than they're willing to help you move? That's how you know, really know somebody loves you. But other than that, you know that someone loves you when they want to talk to you when you're hurting. They want to talk to you. Not they're available for you to call them, but that they want to talk to you when you're hurting. Man, moms do that. They want. And I think that demonstrates the love of Jesus. People like this are people that you can't typically remember the negativity about them, if you think about it. And it may be that there aren't a lot of negative things about them, or it may just be that because they're so loving, you can't remember the negative things. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. And so a quick encouragement on that. If you feel like you're bombing right now, make the decision to love more today. Make the decision to, to pursue people. And, uh, and no matter what their perspective is, their perspective's gonna change. But you can't do it if you don't know how much Jesus loves you. That brings me to the last point, beauty inside and out. That's something that the women in my life have taught me. First Peter 3, 3 through 4, your beauty should not come from the outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Rather, it should be of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's kingdom. Now, 
qualifier. <laughs> there is balance in this. And I don't think it's wrong for you to wear jewelry. Bobby Hamilton says, sometimes you got to put a little paint on the barn, you know, and I'm not going to say it that way, but... <laughs> but I will quote him. <laughs> but one of the things that we try to teach our girls is yes, God made you beautiful. But what makes you truly beautiful is who you are. And who you are, the most important thing that they can ever understand about who they are is not what we say about them, or what anyone else says about them, but what God says about them, how God sees them. And so we, we spend a lot of time being intentional about talking about that, putting in to their, their hearts right now, like for the rest of your life, make it your priority. Know what God says about you. Know how God sees you. And the thing that I've learned from the women in my life, whether it's my mom or my, my mother-in-law, my grandmother, is the importance of inner beauty. They're, be they're still beautiful women, but guess what? Yeah, their beauty is fading. This. But I also find that their beauty is growing. It's getting stronger. There is nothing more attractive on the planet than a woman who knows who she is in Jesus. There is nothing more beautiful than that. Men, the women in our lives need our encouragement. They need our encouragement. They certainly don't need our condemnation. I would encourage you to encourage them. Encourage them about their beauty. And, it, and it's okay to tell them that they're beautiful, but it's way more important that you are cultivating their confidence and understanding about what God sees in them. The beauty that God sees in them. And I find that a woman that knows that, look, it could be a woman that may not be necessarily physically attractive, but a woman who has spent a lot of time around people that have spoken that kind of life into them and they believe it, it actually changes even their physical appearance where they're even more beautiful because they have joy and they have peace. I've known other women where they spend a lot of time painting the barn. But you can tell they carry a heaviness. You can tell that they don't know that. So moms, I want to encourage you as your pastor, women in this house, not just the moms, the beauty that God sees in you. Thank you for how you serve. Thank you for how you fight for what matters. Thank you for how you love Jesus and how you love like Jesus. And I just want to encourage you that God sees all the efforts and, and God sees you as beautiful. As we close today, though, really, it's, that applies to all of us, knowing how God sees us. 
and seeing ourselves that way. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If you're here today and you've never really grasped, understood, or accepted who you are as Christ's son or daughter, I just want to give you a chance to step into that today. Maybe you just need to be reminded of that. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to him as a son or daughter. Or maybe you just never surrendered your life to him at all. If you're in either one of those places, I'd love to pray with you today. I, I think if you can admit that, confess that to God, he's, he's here and he's ready and willing to, to meet with you. And if you're here today and you would admit that you need Jesus, you need to accept him. As your Lord and Savior, you need to rededicate your life to him. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. Could you please put your hand up? As soon as I see your hand, that's all I'm gonna ask you to do, but as soon as I see your hand, you put it down. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? I need a relationship with Jesus. Got it. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. As soon as I see you, put your hand down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, awesome. I have four or five hands, I think. Anybody else? Okay, for those, those few folks who raised your hand, might be some more that couldn't raise their hand, but, you, but this is definitely stirring in your heart. Talk with God. Just admit that you need him. Admit that, that you, you've made some mistakes. It's called sin. We've all done it. We continue to do it, but because Jesus came and died on the cross, we can have forgiveness for our sins. And just admit that you need him to forgive you. And confess him as your Lord, meaning you don't just need him as a savior, but you wanna live for him now. You, you don't wanna live the way you've been living or live for yourself. You wanna live for him. Give him control again of your life and allow him and allow his word to be what establishes who you are. In the wholeness of that man is fullness of joy. There's peace, there's so much. God, I thank you for that opportunity. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless every woman in this house, every mother. Continue to heal those that have lost, lost a child, those that have lost a mom. Continue to give wisdom, strength, endurance to moms of blended families. They're trying to figure out how to love those that aren't naturally theirs, but you've placed them in their lives. God, I pray that you continue to be with every one of the mothers that struggle with attitudes, disabilities, God, that you encourage them, strengthen them, give them wisdom by your spirit. Bless every mom, family that has fostered kids, adopted kids. We know that that is close to your heart, God. Continue to strengthen them. Let them sense your favor on their lives. For every mom that wants to be a mom that isn't yet, we speak hope, we speak trust, strong faith, to believe in your perfect timing and perfect will, whatever it looks like, God. Bless them today, Lord. We honor them. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give God a hand. We had a couple people get right with God today. Thankful for that.